Learn the most empowering hiring techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with your host, Rick Gerard. Do you have performance metrics for every person before they are hired? Are they clear on their expectations for successful employment? Now, if not, you're setting people up for failure because our expectations are never in alignment. We're going to leave it to you to just kind of figure it out. And then we scratch our heads when the person fails, wondering what we missed during the interview. Now, what was missed was long before the interview. It was the work on defining the role and writing down the company's expectations of what needed to be accomplished by the individual in the first 90 to 120 days of employment. I've discovered that companies who just wing it have a much higher turndown rate and employee failure rate than companies that invest the time to clearly define what success looks like. Look, it's not too hard because you don't know what will happen in the next few months of the business. If it is too hard, maybe you're in the wrong business. I'm Rick Gerard. Welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win-win the strongest hires by sharing insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders like our guest today, Mr. Kurt Davis. Now, Kurt is the CEO of ByteLine, a technology entrepreneur and author. The first 20 years of his career were spent in the Silicon Valley in Asia, working with technology startups in finance and business development roles. Kurt is now focused on ByteLine, which is a startup marketplace for dental professionals. And he recently published a book called Navigate to the Lighthouse, the Silicon Valley Guide to Executing Global Deals, which is what makes Kurt the perfect expert for today's topic. Kurt, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Hi, thanks for having me and uh, excited to be here to chat. Pleasure to have you. We're going to talk about expectations alignment. We're going to talk about poorly defined metrics of success and how we get past that and set people up for success when they join your company. Sound like a plan? Yes, sounds like a good plan. So Kurt, you've been through this quite a few times. We talked at length prior to the show that one of your angles was that because we don't take the time to define metrics of success, we experience failure. What's been kind of the challenge that you experience or that you see out there? Yeah, I think, I think uh, you know, what I'm learning in my role now, but also what I've learned in previous roles is that the team, the startup team, uh, has to really be sure what they are uh, measuring and what they want to achieve. Um, and especially in this downturn and the recession that's approaching, that we have to be very... Uh, uh, specific with what those are. And I talk about this in this kind of first came up in my book that I wrote, Navigate to the Lighthouse, where I talk about how to hire a business development person. And so often companies hire biz dev people without the, the idea of what they should be doing, because that's an expensive hire who needs to come in and close relatively large deals. Well, actually, every hire is usually a rather expensive hire, right? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about why this is important to a company. Well, you don't want to, I think we don't want to misstep and hire the wrong person to start over. Uh, we don't want to have the person fail in their role. So, uh, you know, hiring slow here is a good idea, but the, the, the reason is, is it gets you to the planning stage of the people and exactly uh, what they're going to execute against when they come in. So whether that's a biz dev person, a UX designer, 
or uh, a customer success or service person should know exactly what their role is and what metrics they're executing and what ROI that leads to. So that way they come in and they're not only excited, but they're set up to succeed. They know what they have to do to succeed in that first 12 months. They're not thinking going left, going right. They're just coming in and get in their seat and go to work. Um, and that's quite important at a startup. Very, very important at a startup. Now I experience a lot of founders who say to me, hey, look at the role is kind of out of my scope. And I don't know, it's outside my expertise level and what I'm comfortable with. And I think uh, we'll just hire the right person and let them come in and tell us what needs to be done. I find that so dangerous. That, that could often at times, I think, work in a very well-funded environment where you <laughs> hire an exceptionally experienced person uh, who's done that job two or three or four times, and then they can come in and define that. But I think for others who are hiring younger people who are in their first time, second time in a role, um, you'd like to know that the strategy that you're executing against, the tactics are in place uh, for them to come in and learn the business, uh, but do their job while learning the business. And then figure if they have those ideas and thoughts of figuring new things out, we'll let them run with that in month six, seven, eight, you know, once they're settled in. But I just think, um, yeah, especially when you're hiring, you know, kind of, you know, people who are, you know, 10, 15 years your junior, I think it's, it's really important to, uh, to make sure those roles are defined. Uh, because when you're going to look back, is saying, why didn't I achieve, especially now, again, I, I hit this recession, that the, the only way you're going to get funded, the only way you're going uh, to get people to look at you if you're not in something sexy like NFT or something like that, or funny money crypto, uh, is, to, um, <laughs> is to actually show growth. And so everything we're doing at our startup, every person has to execute against a growth metric. Everybody. The engineers, the product people, the UX people, the customer success people, everybody. And those metrics are, are defined, they're researched, and they're, we analyze them. And then we say, here's, here's the metrics you've got to hit. And you're setting somebody up for success. It's like when you go to a college class, you have a syllabus of what the semester is going to entail. I don't find that is often the case in most hires that are made. It's like, we need somebody to come in, fill this role, and... Hopefully it works. When it doesn't, we're left thinking, oh gosh, what did we miss in the interview process? But it was really like, we did not set the expectations up front to whether or not somebody is going to be successful. You're stacking the deck against yourself in a way. Yeah, and then that, the, then what happened, and I like your you know, uh, metaphor or this an analogy of syllabus, because really that's what it is. I mean, if you, if you then hire people and they're kind of trying to draw it out and then Six months later, you're like, well, why hasn't this product succeeded or why hasn't it sold? Well, you know, it's, it's the hiring person to blame, not necessarily the person who they hired. Yeah, it's usually the recruiter. Yeah. <laughs> it's the recruiter's fault. And I actually think you're seeing a lot of this now in, in uh, big tech, right? I mean, uh, they've, they hired a lot of people. Um, uh, and, I, and I laugh and chuckle because some of those companies, Stripe, you know, they, they used to pound their chests, you know, we're the hardest company in the world to get into, like, you know, like we're, we're so great. 
but you know, maybe you don't know how to hire and maybe you don't even know how to execute and run your business because they, they'll, they'll just hire people to fill roles. Right. Uh, and then you look back and say, well, what have these people been doing? Like, like, well, why haven't, you know, of course you haven't grown because these people haven't had to, to, to deliver that, that successfully delivers and executes against uh, metrics. And I, and I actually think that's a big problem. I mean, I, I see it in Silicon Valley. I see these people and I'm like, what do these people do? Like, they get paid a lot of money. I'm like, what? I don't even know what half of them do. I'm like, that is very true. I see it all the time too. I still do about half my work in the Valley. I love one of my favorite quotes. I, I was uh, hanging out uh, with some, some people and uh, they, they were kind of this hodgepodge of, of a group and um, kind of a motley crew. And one of the ladies, it was a doctor. She's like, you know, you should just go work at Facebook. I mean, you know, this, this is my buddy. He just like, you know, he just hangs out there, works like 35 hour weeks and just like goes on vacation whenever he wants. And I'm just like, and gets paid like $300,000. And I'm like, yeah, I've never had a job like that. Like I have to, when I worked in a startup, like I was busting my butt 70, 80 hours a week. Right. Like, but it's, it's kind of a difference of how you, you know, how you play the game, which is a different story. How you play that game is over now and it will be over for a while. I would get bored out of my mind with that job. I couldn't even imagine. It reminds me of the sitcom that was on HBO, Silicon Valley, where they had a bunch of guys, they paid them a whole bunch of money, but they didn't have work for them to do. So they were barbecuing and playing Xbox on the roof of the building. <laughs> what, 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 they had a name for that, didn't they? they had a, uh, it was called the... Uh, on a side. The, like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's interesting, especially if you're a smaller company, is these hiring failures really kind of equate back to lack of preparation. That's really doesn't take that much to do and just to sit down and think about it and plan. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, I think it's not, it's planning is important. And I think, but I think you have to be really rigorous uh, and, and you have to really figure it out at this juncture in time, you have to be very rigorous on what that plan is to a detailed level. Right. And um, um, you know, some of that on the biz dev and sales side, you can see it in the book in the first few chapters that I wrote navigate to the lighthouse you can see how i how i devise that plan and how what the person is supposed to do against the plan you're listening to the higher power radio show i'm your host rick gerard and for our podcast listeners we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors hey check out stridesearch.com there you'll find additional content and resources and your link to healing career wounds let it be your company's secret weapon to landing the strongest people our guest today is Kurt Davis, and we're talking about execution of defining your success metrics. Let's talk about how we define the problem. So we can get in probably some of the content of your book, because let's lay out for the audience what they can do to plug into their business so they can actually put together performance metrics or metrics of success for each person before they actually go into the interview process and hire someone. Yeah, sure. So I think I think, uh, you know, I think you've talked about having, you know, a, a hiring kind of grid or rubric where you kind of measure people based on values and, and things like that. But I think if you look further upstream before you get there, you need to have a kind of a framework of what you need that person to do. Right. So and then so I call in this book, I call this the lighthouse framework. OK, and this framework kind of defines um, which companies as a, in a sales role or business development role you, that you're going to approach, the expected return, the expected probability, the expected value, and the expected return all calculated in this spreadsheet. 
And then what we do then is say, well, in, in the case of closing these deals, we would need a person uh, with the following characteristics, experiences, knowledge, background, X, Y, Z, you know, have they worked on these large deals? Do they have industry expertise? Do they uh, have the ability to think strategically uh, work on, do they have a good, good idea on how to work with product? Um, and so do they check all the boxes in order to then fit into the ability to execute into that, to that framework uh, that we call the lighthouse framework. And, um, and so that's, that's kind of an example and we'll use numbers, looks at expected probabilities, and then we'll quantify it so that we know that that person comes in in order to close a lighthouse, two or three big business development deals a year, they'll need to, you know, source 40 or 50 deals. They'll need to maintain contact point for those. They'll need to work in the industry. They'll have to go to conferences. They'll have to know the venture capitalists um, uh, and uh, so forth and so on. And so then that role becomes extremely clear of numerically what they need to do and um, how their time should generally be spent. And uh, that's how we do it. Okay, so that's mapping out their KPIs or what is expected of them. But what about like the first 30, 60, 90 days? How do you view like how we prep them to be successful in that first probationary period? Yeah, it's a good, yeah. I think all companies differ, right? Like, uh, um, and the position obviously differs. Um, well, let's just take a business development person, right? I mean, I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. If I'm a founder and my background's kind of more salesy, so if I'm bringing on a biz dev person, I'm probably thinking of it from the perspective of you're going to go out and you're just going to sell. It's different. So my domain knowledge is probably less so than the person who is the business development person. Uh, exactly. So I think, well, I think there's in these, in, in a role like business development, there's a lot of you know, that first kind of two weeks to three, probably a month, there's a lot of learning and education that goes on uh, with understanding how the product works, uh, understanding your company's capabilities, your engineering, because in business development, you're working a lot with different teams, right? So there's a lot of getting to know the team, how they work and how it's structured so that then you can then uh, start to do outbound and then talk, uh, knowledgeably about the company and the business and the product and what it can and can't do and uh, how flexible it can be and adaptable it can be. So I think there's, there's a two week, you know, two or three week period. So when you're, when you're, you know, I don't, I don't want to spouse to the whole idea of hit the ground running. Um, I'm more like hit the ground walking. <laughs> let's walk. Let's make sure you're in a good position. Uh, and then let's start to, to turn the gears up so that, you can execute against uh, those KPIs that we need you to execute against. Um, and I think by 90 days, you should be more or less 100% on that, on that rhythm. Should you? It depends on like, you may have to come in and learn a whole lot about the business, the product, that sort of thing. I think this is why I think of it in terms of like being realistic about, okay, what's a 30-day measurable, right? Well, actually, let's break it down to the first week. First week, what do we want you to accomplish? Well, we want you to dive into the product and learn everything you can about the product. And then first 30, what is it exactly that I'm going to look at you and go, okay, you're 30 days in and you have a really good grasp of X, Y, and Z. 
and then kind of building deliverables to those milestones so that you can understand whether or not somebody is coming along the way that you need them to come along. I don't think that you're going to have anybody closing a deal, especially a big one in 90 days, right? Usually those cycles can be up to a year, two years sometimes. Yeah, I, I think, I think you know, along with that, it's, it's, you know, there's a learning phase called two or three weeks. So there's a, what I would say, a strategy phase for some of these people where, they're, they're building, you know, thinking through the product, they're thinking through this analysis, this lighthouse framework, or, you know, hey, how are we going to approach this? Even though you've done that work, you say, here's what we think you should do. This is what this role should roughly do. But we want you to take that and put together your plan, your strategy, put your color on that, because you want that person also to own the job to know that they absolutely, but you know, you know, you want to achieve from a high level and this is roughly what to do. So, so then, you know, they sprinkle their pixie dust, pixie dust on it. And um, uh, so, so by the, you know, by the way, you're four or five weeks into it, you should start some cycles of outbound reach out contacting, trying to get, get, you know, trying to warm it up a little bit and get started uh, to, to then, again, in the biz dev role, you're probably going to take 90 days to then have the full strategy of how we're going to go about executing these companies and deals. And, you know, what is the, what is the plan for marketing and sales and, and engineering product to, to work on these things? So you, you're right in that sense, uh, in a biz dev sense, it does take 90 days. Now, in other senses, like where I am now in my startup, so if you have deliverables for each milestone, this is really simple way to kind of structure this so that you can put your performance metrics in place. At 30 days, you're going to present to the team your findings on X. At 60 days, you might prepare a plan for Y. And then 90 days, deliver your first version of boom, whatever that product might be or a presentation. That's ideally what you want to be able to do to build those performance metrics out. Here's the thing. Put these in your job description, guys. It's nothing more critical than taking these performance metrics and putting them in your job description. If they're in your job description, then people know what the expectations are. Here's what you're going to be held accountable for the first 30 days. Here's what you're going to be accountable for the first 31 through 60, 61 through 90. And if you're really brave, you can stretch that out to six months. And look, it can only do you good because having those performance metrics in place are going to help gain people's attention. And A players are going to lean into that because they know exactly what's expected of them when they join. So the performance metrics, putting them in the job description, and then actually evaluating people or holding people accountable against your performance metrics as they hit their mark. So at the 30-day mark, again, when you have those deliverables, you're going to have the presentations. They're going to know exactly where somebody is when they get in the momentum of working. So if you broke this down into two separate components of what somebody needs to do, what would those steps be pre-hiring? Yeah. So, you know, first thing is make sure your, your strategy is very clear. Uh, and then understand, you know, work backwards. Like if, if your goal is to hit X amount of revenues or, and that, you know, that funnel looks like, you know, so many, so much growth, so much reach out, so much user eyeballs, you know, work backwards on those metrics uh, and to figure out what you, what you need to do, get from the top down on the funnel and then attach those each to, you know, product, what the product needs to do, what the engineers need to deliver, what the sales customer success, 
and then see where you're missing uh, in those variables and then add to them. Um, so, you know, you know, and I, and I, and it suggests having like big goals, right? So if you have big goals um, and you work backwards on those goals, then you'll be able to, I think staff appropriately. Um, and, uh, but I think a lot of people look forward in other words, they hire with the idea that this person, people will, this will grow. If I hire and do this, it will then grow. And I, and I look backwards and say, no, no, no. I want to hit this number in December of next year. So I'm going to hire for that number. Got it. It's a little different. Well, shoot, Kurt, we're getting pretty close on time. What would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience that can plug into their business today? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first is, uh, you know, strategically, so, so know your strategy, know your plan of action uh, before you hire, uh, and then put that into metrics, number two. Uh, and then the third thing is um, make sure that, the, that people del can deliver against it. So, you know, uh, make sure you see their deliverables and their abilities to execute against that number um, and what you need. Um, so those are the three main things I would suggest doing. Kurt, thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of the audience can find you, find your book, all that good stuff? Yeah, sure. So um, I have a personal blog website called KD Alive, kdalive.com. And uh, my book's on there and blog posts and things like that. So you can you can see me there and you can email me at kd at kdalive.com. And of course, my book is live on Amazon at Navigate to the Lighthouse. Uh, so uh, any of those, you can you can find me. All right. I want to thank this week's audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. It was a rough one, but we powered through it. Thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ila Gerard. And if you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. After all, this show's for you, and we want to continue to bring you valuable content week after week that you can plug into your business today. Join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or you can drop me an email at rickettstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be Alan Jones. Alan is the founder and CEO of Bambi. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to hiring success, Rick Gerard. Rick Gerard. Rick Gerard.